following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Jonesy and Brown. We are your bulls. That is Mike Jones. My name is Brown. We talk sports. We talk. We'll talk about whatever we want. We'll talk about whatever we want. We will debate whatever we want. Because in the end, I'm always right. He's always wrong. That's that's pretty much how it is. I, I, I say that because. I am afraid that there might be Super Bowl pick was wrong. Yeah, my Super Bowl pick was all wrong. My Super Bowl pick was all wrong. Shout out to our guests from the last show. Shout out to Mike Padden. Shout out to Ashley Baker. Shout out to Kelsey Nelson. Who all correctly. Who all correctly pr- yeah, yeah. Me, I, I was I was the dummy who decided yeah. Someone had to be different. Somebody had to go against the grain. Somebody had to be the one to say, hey, no, it can't be unanimous when obviously it should have been unanimous. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mean, I, felt, I just felt like going into that game with the deficiencies Kansas City was going to mm-hmm. have on the offensive yeah. line combined with Tampa Bay strengths on defense. Mm-hmm it was going to favor Tampa Bay to just too much. Now, I didn't mm-hmm. see Kansas City going the entire game without getting in the end zone. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I think I picked a score of 31-27. Mm-hmm. I did see Tampa Bay being able to put up about 31, and I didn't see Tampa, I mean, Kansas City's offense being as explosive as normal with the offense being offensive line being banged up the way it was, but yeah, Tampa Bay nine yeah. points. I won't say you'll never hear me yeah. claim I saw that coming. Better. Yeah, Tampa Bay's defense pretty much exploited the exact like the very the the most deficient part of the Kansas City offense. Kansas mm-hmm. City went into that game with with two third string tackles. And that Tampa Bay defense pretty much had Patrick Mahomes running for his life that entire game. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I, I was not surprised that Tampa Bay's defense was the difference. Like I, I thought that if there was, if Tampa Bay was going to win that game. Even though I picked them to lose, if they were to win that game, I thought it was going. I thought it was going to be on the heels of that defense. That does not surprise me. How well they, you know, the fact that how, they, yeah, it was how well they did. Yeah, that defense, yeah, that defense dominated. Expected them to play well, mm-hmm. but yeah, they completely shut down that explosive Kansas City attack. I thought that if Tampa Bay was going to win, it was going to be a little bit more like, like that last. Uh, that last Denver Broncos Super Bowl win, where yes, you had the great Peyton Manning, but you but you know it was more the story. The story was more the defense. Absolutely, where, like you you remember back you remember that last Denver Broncos Super Bowl win with Peyton, 
Mm-hmm. Where, now, you know, Peyton got all I, the pub. I won't go that far because they – Tampa Bay did put up thirty-one points, and Tom Brady mm-hmm. did have. A yeah, lot no, no, win. no. What I'm, what I'm, but what I, what I'm saying is, I thought that if Tampa Bay was going to win, I, I, I expected and thought that this could be a game where uh, Tom Brady looked a little bit more human. Mm-hmm. But you know, Tom Brady still, Tom Brady proved that he still got it. You know, he still, he's still that guy. What Tom Brady proved to me. Mm-hmm. Is that the most important asset a quarterback has is his brain. Over all the other things of the cannon arm, mm-hmm. quick, quick feet, and being able to roll out and do all the other stuff, the most important asset a quarterback mm-hmm. has is his brain. That's what Tom Brady proved to me. Uh, understood. But, so, so here's here's the thing, JV. Though. Okay. Over the last couple of weeks, I know everybody's had a whole lot of time to digest what happened in the big game. So. I don't really want to dwell on that too much. You don't want to dwell but, on the game itself. Yeah, well, it's been a couple I, of weeks I now. Dwell, I don't, exactly. I don't want so I don't want to dwell on the game too much. It's been a couple of weeks now. Everybody's okay. had a chance to chew on it. Fair enough. But but what the game did do was that it gave Tom Brady his record seventh Super Bowl for win mm-hmm. more than any other franchise has in its entire history. Tom Brady has more rings than any franchise has. And, of course, that opened up the floodgates for that GOAT conversation. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I wish I had my glasses, but I'm, I'm going to read here. From the Facebook page uh-huh. of Jonathan, of Jonathan Brown. Yes. Let's see, I'm glad I'm, I'm back on social media now. So mm-hmm. I have this type of stuff to yeah. go to. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams won 23 glam sl- Grand Slam titles, including one while pregnant. She's somewhere in Australia laughing at this greatest of all athlete of all time today. Mm-hmm. Still is. So I can safely assume then that you're taking the position Serena's the GOAT. She's the greatest athlete of all time. I, th- you know what? Okay. I'm asking. Well, I, I don't I, want to I, I, I will tell, your well, position. So I'm bringing my to my position. Honestly, and, and my position on goat conversations, especially when it comes to goat conversations with you in particular. <laughs> I think there's. Something that you point out to me when it comes to certain debates is that there are topics that require a level of nuance. Mm -hmm. It requires a level of context. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I think with GOAT conversations people fly into them without nuance, without context. A I lot mean, of times. That, that, that is true. And but I think that's to be expected mm-hmm. because when you throw out the term Great. GOAT, mm-hmm. greatest of all time, mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're, you're excluding all the qualifiers and getting straight to the heart of it and mm-hmm. saying that's the greatest. Yes. Yes. 
But I think honestly, it's an all-encompassing statement. Yeah, of all the of all the people of all the times mm-hmm. of all the, the time. Yes, but I think honestly, with goat conversations, mm-hmm. if there was ever something that might have too much nuance, too much context, it would be a goat conversation. Uh huh. So for me, it's like. Like, uh, me being a habitual line stepper, a habitual pot stirrer, mm-hmm. to me, it's like, okay, people, when people get into the, the, the Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, who's the GOAT conversation, mm-hmm. like, to me, at this point now, my only, my, I just want to stir the pot. Okay. And, and so when people say, all right, well, what makes Jordan better than LeBron? And someone will say, like someone will say, well, Jordan has six rings. Bill Russell has 11. Mm-hmm. You, you know, those, those are league with eight teams for most of them. Once again, too much, you know, once again, too much nuance. All right. You know, it's like, all right. There, there, are different. There, there are so many different caveats. There are so many different, you know, qualifiers that you can throw into it. You say Tom Brady is the goat because he won seven championships. Serena Williams won twenty three. How is she? How not? many opportunities does she have in a year? You know. Let's, let's does, I mean, it, but it, you know, yeah, okay. Content. Many, you want to put the, four opportunities a year. Mm-hmm. So twenty three divided by four mm-hmm. is what? Mm-hmm. Three is six point something. Okay. Just, just it's actually five point mm-hmm. something. Just under and, six. And, and what does she have to go through? You know, so what what does she have that, to go that's through the to get to those six years of dominance? Serena has six years. Um, that's, that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that. The equivalent is you get four opportunities at majors in a year. You get four opportunities, but that's like you go through she four. Cha- you she's go through- won one major short of six full seasons worth of majors. Wait, say, say that last part again. I didn't hear what you said. I said she she is one short of having won six full seasons worth of majors in volume. That's the total she has. Twenty. You said because twenty three. Mm-hmm. If she won all the majors for six years, that's twenty four. Mm-hmm. So how are we looking at this when you say she has twenty three? And I I'm gonna deconstruct this argument one at a time. Okay. So I mean, no, I mean, step. I mean, you could try to deconstruct so, so, it all so, you so, want, but because, but in in so the end, just, I mean, it's like, can you really deconstruct it? Because I mean, you have your opinion, right. and and what you're I'll, saying is your opinion, oh, just, but you I'm know, getting started. I could absolutely deconstruct it. I mean, we'll you can actually, started. you can. I mean, you can actually, you know, you could, you so in so in your mind. Because 20, 24, that equals six years of dominance. Mm-hmm. Winning every major. So if you want every major, that's six years of dominance. All right. So who would, so make your case to who, make your but case I, for who. I'm not, I'm not done yet. Okay. I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. All right. So now here's really my most basic argument mm-hmm. at, now, if you call Serena the GOAT, as you say, mm-hmm. that she's the greatest of all time. 
Okay. Is she? But I have to ask you: Is she even the greatest tennis player you've seen in the last? Let's see. Let's limit it to the last twenty years. Okay. Is she the greatest tennis player you've seen in the last twenty years? Last twenty years? Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. think yeah. So you throw her in a top in a tournament with. Joe Kitchen Federer at their prime. She's coming out on top. Oh, you're talking. Okay. All right. Oh, we, we're, you're, you're, okay. You're talking. Me. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Once again. Once again. Yeah, com, okay. Conversation is go. So you're saying. And, 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 and your statement injected her into a conversation mm-hmm. with the men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's have this conversation okay. with the men. Okay. Was she the greatest tennis player you've seen? You think she beat Joe Kitchen Federer at their prime in the tournament? You think she even catches up with one of their serves? Um, I think she. I I think you know. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 for for conversation's sake, let's say yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Well, maybe catching up with one of their serves is extreme. She is. I'm not going to disrespect her. She is great. Mm-hmm. But okay. Do you think she actually? Do you think she actually wins head to head against them in their prime? Head to head in the prime, Serena versus. Uh, so they're playing. They're playing sets of seven, uh-huh. instead of uh, in five sets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Five. I, th- I would be hard pressed to th- be I th- honest. No, I mean honest I'm, because I think. I, well, let, let me ask you this. I'm not saying she gets embarrassed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm asking, do you think she wins? I think I don't think it's impossible that I don't think it's impossible that she. Do you win. think the odds favor? I'm not. Do you think the odds favor her with? Hmm. Is it like? No. Well, no, you know what? Honestly, I don't. Do I think the odds favor her winning? No. I, I think. I, I think no. No one would expect her to win. No one would expect. Not even if, you. So if it's not fair to expect uh, her to win, how is it fair to say she's? No, sorry, you you're asking. Do I do I expect her to win, or do the odds makers? Would you expect her to win? Yeah. Yes. You you would expect her yeah. to win. Yeah. You put her in, you put her against anybody. I would. I'm not counting her out. I'm not saying are you counting her out. I'm saying do you expect her to win? Don't, you know I catch you catch your words, JP. I catch I your words, you man. Spin, I see you try to spin it. No, no that's not a spin. That's not a spin. Do you expect that spin? Do you expect her to win? Do I expect her to win? Yes. If I, the fact that I'm sitting here, to, the fact that I, I know what I say. So the mm-hmm. fact that if I sit here and put it out there, then yeah, you know, there's an expectation to win. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, if, if I, I'm not sure if that's not direct enough, then, you know, you know, it is what, yeah, I expect her okay. to win. All right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I expect her to win. And, but, and I think, honestly, I, I think in, in the end, all right. you know, now, I, listen, okay. okay. So since the conversation is goat, let's expand that field. Okay. Because it's GOAT of all time. Of all time, yes. Now we're throwing in Sampras and Agassi and mm-hmm. Ash and all these other... Throw in who... Yes, yes. Don't, don't, you, throw in who you the, want. Yes. I mean... Don't. She's the best tennis player on the field. Not mm-hmm. the most accomplished. Mm-hmm. The best tennis player on the field. Yes. She's got the best serve. She can cover the most ground. She can return the most stuff. She's got most the, physically, she's most physic- she's most got the physic- best game. Most physically demanding. Most, most physically imposing. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So, so, so let me flip it then. Okay, if, if Serena ain't the GOAT, who is? 
Oh, see, well, that's my, well, that's the crux of our argument. <laughs> I, it's hard for me to call you anyone mm-hmm. the goat mm-hmm. if I don't even have you as the best player, period, in your own sport. Okay. So, in your, so, in your you, opinion, you, you um, know who I'm calling the goat. You in know tennis? who I'm calling the goat, which is why I don't in, even what, feel like we need in, to in tennis or in sports? In are you sports. talking? Okay. Who are you calling the goat? You know who I'm calling the goat. We don't even have to talk. That's why I didn't just want to spend a lot of time even going on that part of the argument. You already know the answer uh-huh. to that. Mm-hmm. You know. So you know, so we'll so b- b- because and just for conversation's sake, because I I I personally know where you stand on this. But what you are saying is the person that you know who is the goat. And at this point, golly, you got. I'm and I'm I'm speaking to the audience right now. You know who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You know, Everybody knows. And, and for those watching, for for those watching on uh on uh Facebook Live, you, you you know, don't talk about my shoe size, but you you know who he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I do got the red trip though. I love these joints. Yeah. These will not come out in the, these will not come out the house in the wintertime till any of the till, those, those shouldn't be outdoors. No, until no, no. May. Yeah. Yeah, these ain't coming back out until I need every last drop of snow <laughs> off the ground. These are staying right here. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, you believe, though, that that player, the player who has the greatest sneaker of all time, could win yeah. at the same clip that he that he won at in any generation. I think most generations he'd win at a at a higher clip. Okay, so he's winning. So he's winning at least six rings. He he would win at least six championships in the age of uh, Bill Russell's uh, Celtics. He wins all if he plays his his whole career that era. He wins all the chips. He wins all the chips. Okay. He wins all the chips. Okay, however long he plays, okay. he wins the chips. Show the the begin the height of I mean, the show like- the height of the Showtime the Showtime Lakers. We're talking. Early eight, early eighties. Mike, we're talking Magic, Kareem, Worthy, mm-hmm. those Lakers. He's beating those. He's beating them. He's beat. If you put Mike on a team, well, if you give him his Bulls team, yeah, he wins. Okay. But to, for the sake of a fair argument, you put Mike on a team of eighties that era talent that's equal to Magic's talent mm-hmm. of the same era. I think Mike wins. Okay, take Larry Bird off the Celtics. Put Michael Jordan on. They're beating. They're beating the uh, Showtime Lakers. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Mike doesn't. Ret- Mike doesn't retire. They win eight. Probably. Cause, cause the, qu- the question they, on they have the ability to win eight. The question is, that's just something really taxing mm-hmm. and unprecedented. Mm-hmm. To actually win eight, mm-hmm. not just to appear in eight final. I definitely think they get to eight finals. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the Knicks or the Pacers or somebody from the okay. East okay. stops them from getting to the finals. Mm-hmm. But those Olajuwon teams were very good teams. Mike plays eight, and the oh, task okay. of winning eight in a row is a lot. To, is a big ass. Mike so, plays eighty-two games that season. Do they lose to the Magic? Probably not, no. Okay. 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 Mm. Mike's Bulls better than Kobe and Shaq's Lakers? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Mike, yeah. Mike's, 
Mike's Bulls better than uh, Golden State Warriors? What Warriors team? The 73 win team that didn't win a championship? You can't count them. No, 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 no. We're talking championships. I'm not talking. We, we can, we can, I have no problem throwing away, throwing out the 73 win team. I think, because I think, honestly, same way you would throw out the 73 win, like when you talk about goats, when you have goat conversations, mm-hmm. you know, at some point in time, I don't think Steph Curry, I don't think Steph Curry as a player might be. Will, will ever be thrown in to a GOAT conversation, but it's still early. However, On the offensive end of the court, you could compare Steph's impact with the best of them. But, but, to, your, but to that point, that's a caveat. You see, but, I had, on the off- but I had to put that yeah, qualifier yeah. in there. No, but, but, but what I'm saying. I'll be the first one to tell you both ends of the court matter. Yes. But that's, but that's to- the point. That, but that's the point that I, that I tried to make earlier. That there's so, you know, like, there's so many different caveats. There's so many different qualifiers that you can throw out. That's you know, so that's why me. I just like to stir the pot, but mm-hmm. no, but nonetheless, nonetheless, I I don't think if you if you're having a conversation about teams like greatest teams of all time, you're talking about the Warriors. Nobody talks about that '73 win team because they didn't win. Same way, if you talk about they blew a they blew a three one lead in yes, the finals. Yes, yes. And the same way, like, if you talk about Tom Brady and Tom Brady's Patriots. Mm-hmm. If you talk about Tom Brady and Tom Brady's Patriots. The one team that's not yeah, talked yeah, about is that 19-0. Yeah, exactly. 18-0. 18-1. 18-1. Excuse me. Yes. Eight, no one talks about that. It's like, you don't need, you, like, you don't need that. <laughs> you know, you, that's mm-hmm. not needed. No one talks about that team because they didn't win. Because, um, because not only did they not win, they won with a team. You know, that Giants team wasn't that good. You know, but they just had their number. They were hot. They and got hot at the right time, but it's the not like. The formula for beating Tom Brady has always been able to get pressure on him with mm-hmm. Ford. If you blitz him, he'll pick you apart every time. Mm-hmm. He sees it coming. He's too smart. He's mm-hmm. too good for that. Mm-hmm. But if you can if you can beat his offensive line with your front four, especially especially with pressure up the middle mm-hmm. because he likes to step up in the pocket rather than try to roll out to the edges. Yeah. Yep. And you can make Tom Brady uncomfortable and you can beat him that way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But, but, but if that, you can't do that, in, in Tom his, Brady but, is going to put a lot of points up on you. In, in his three Super Bowl losses, that's the one thing all those mm-hmm. teams did. Giants did it twice. Eagles did it once. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless – like those losses do not, those losses do not really factor into what makes Tom Brady the goat or what makes those Patriots teams great. Like you can, you can talk about that. Now, we we get on this, and I kind of wanted to pivot because there was something I wanted to throw at you this week. Let's do it. What you got for me? Because we talk about Tom. Like for me, I. I am not going to argue with anybody who wants to call Tom Brady the GOAT in football, at least. Mm-hmm. Seven rings is seven rings. But my question to you, and what I want your opinion on, is does Tom Brady being able to take the Tampa Bay Bucks and instantly turn them into not only a Super Bowl contender, but a Super Bowl winner, what does that do? 
What does that do, if anything, to the legacy of Bill Belichick? Because you now you're Ugh. because now here here's the thing. Tom, they they split apart. They've had their divorce. Let's see. Tom, you, you, that's a good question because I I thought you were going to ask me what that did to the legacy of Tom Brady. And no. I was going to say nothing. No, I thought he was already the bill. Yeah, no, but, but you but, asked what that does for the legacy of Belichick. Bill Belichick, because people there, there there are people who who would put Belichick in that conversation of goat coaches. And I think he, I think he still belongs there because he has six. He coached six Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. That's not a fluke. That's not a fluke. He's done. And I would say this: mm-hmm. Bill Belichick, his strengths were always known to be on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. morphing that defense from a four-three to a three-four, and still having them play and back and forth mm-hmm. based on his personnel and having them play at a high level in either situation. Mm-hmm. And if you look at most of Brady's Super Bowl wins, they were low-scoring games mm-hmm. where the defense was very much a big part of it. Okay. I think that Belichick's legacy is is, is safe, in my opinion. Okay. It's intact. I, I look at it like this, and, and this is why I kind of wanted to put this out here and I wanted to throw this out here for you. Because in one postseason – in one total postseason, mm-hmm. Tom Brady now has more playoff wins without Bill Belichick than Bill Belichick has without Tom Brady. In New England, and no, uh, no total. In in New England, no. as a head coach, as, as a head coach, yes, as a head coach, yes, not just coach. in New England. Tom, uh, Bill Belichick has won as a head coach. As a head coach. Bill Belichick has one playoff victory without Tom Brady. And I'm, I'm just making sure we say as a head yes, coach. Yes, as a head coach, yes. Because yeah, he's he was a, also yeah. known as a great defensive yeah. coordinator. I, yeah, I understand. With a great defense mm-hmm. in, in the, with the Giants. Yes. So, yes, no, I completely understand and that, that. And I say that because it goes back to my point. I don't think that throughout any and all of that Patriots run, mm-hmm. With as great of a coach as Belichick has gotten credit for being, I don't think anyone ever called him the offensive whisperer guru. Mm -hmm. He was a guy who knew the nuances of the rule book and how to take advantage of them with formation and scheme. Mm -hmm. He knew that. He got, and that's still fair fair to say about him. He knew how Mm -hmm. to do that. I believe what was that game against Baltimore where he kept shifting the guy out and they had no clue what to do. Mm-hmm. And but it was legal, so he like that, that's Belich- that's coaching genius. That the as I mentioned before, the the ability to morph his defense into different schemes based on personnel, actually being able to maximize his personnel. Like, hey, we got these guys this year. Why well, try to force them into that hole? Let's do that. He's the coach that actually was fluid enough to and secure enough to do that, mm-hmm. not just say, this is my system, this is my scheme, we have to do that. We've seen him be willing to go from the two tight end days with Gronk and um, the other guy mm-hmm. or, or the high-powered, record-setting offense with Moss and Welker and those guys. Mm-hmm. We... 
We've seen the low-scoring, grinded-out defensive football team will beat you 17, 14 guys. Mm-hmm. And all of these guys were championship-level teams because he's willing to morph his system to take advantage of the strengths of his personnel. Mm-hmm. That's what a coach is supposed to do, and he did that the best I've ever seen. So he's a all-time great coach, in my opinion. Okay. And, I, and that's not affected because... As I mentioned, it throughout all of that, the one thing he never got called was an offensive guru. Mm. He was always known as the defensive guy. So, to you, and so in your mind, it does it doesn't change anything. Like, like <clears throat> is well, is Bill Belichick the goat as far as coach? Is he the goat coach? You want to put football, it in football? I would have to say yes. Okay. One win is the head. One win is the head coach without Tom Brady. Tom Brady's already won a Super Bowl without him. That, that doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. On a team that was fairly loaded. Let, let's not pretend like Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. like Tom Brady chose a team that Tampa Bay statistically had one of the top defenses last year. Mm-hmm. They had weapons all over the place. Unfortunately, they had a quarterback who, as I've repeatedly told you, was a career bad decision maker. That, this valid, this ja- validates you're... that statement. You're Jameis Hayes. As much just... as anything else. He's a career <laughs> bad decision maker. Okay. So, my point is that with all of that going on, mm-hmm. it's it's not like Brady, not, yeah, it's not like Brady just went to a terrible Tampa Bay team mm-hmm. and said, I'm putting you guys on my back. I'm throwing for 65 touchdowns in one pick. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go 16-0 because I'm that great. <laughs> he had a great year. He did his job. But he had a very good, very talented team around him. Okay. All right. and, that was in, and that was by design. Okay. Which is why one of the things I do always give Brady credit for is being willing to take less money to facilitate the, the building of a good team. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-G-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. I'm Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day during the COVID-19 pandemic, our frontline workers are out there serving us. Bus drivers and grocery clerks, sanitation workers, police, firefighters, and healthcare workers. They're taking care of us. Now let's take care of them. Wear a mask when you go outside. Protect yourself and protect others too. We can do this. Let's mask up, Philly. Help stop the spread. And now, a few thoughts from your boy Brown. Y'all gotta clean the snow off your cars. Especially if you got to drive on the highway. I am tired of driving behind people who got big giant slabs of snow frying off their car. If you a guy, there's absolutely no reason for there to be snow flying off your car. And it's even worse when you got a little car. You see a dude driving around in a Prius or a Focus or a Kia Soul or something like that. Uh, a Mini Cooper, a Fiat, and you still got snow on your roof, and you a grown man, that's, oh, come on, that's unacceptable. Y'all clean the snow off your cars. Check out your boy Brown during the workflow, weekdays at 2 p.m. 
on the Grown Folks Group, phillygoflow.com. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Let's 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 uh let's shift gears for a second. In fact, for for more than a second, because as you know, you know where we coming from. You know where we live. You know where we reside. Our team of choice made a huge move this week. We made a huge move in that we traded our franchise quarterback. A quarterback that we we did an entire show where we expressed our frustrations. Yeah, we, we did an entire show talking. Yeah. Well, he's gone. Mm-hmm. My question to you: Are you happy about it? No. Why are you I'm not, not happy. happy? I'm not happy about any of it. Are you? Are you just? Are Are you happy that it came? That it had to come to an end? I'm happy that I'm happy that the drama with that particular situation is over. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm happy that there's some sort of resolution at least at this point. Mm-hmm. But I'm not happy about any of anything that happened because, like it or not, Wentz is a very talented quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can't say that he's not when we've seen him play at the level that he's played in the past. Wentz was a guy you invested a lot into, both with draft picks moving up twice in that year to get get from 13 to two to draft him. And then with all of the money you guaranteed him so that now moving him, moving him away, you have a about 30, approximately $34 million cap hit you have to eat this year, which you're not getting any value on the field for. So you're $34 million worse as a team this season. I can't. I can't be happy about any of this. You can't be happy. I think I am. And it, probably most of it was unavoidable. Most of it was avoidable. Most of it was. Most un- of it's due to mismanagement. Mismanagement, and I feel like what's frustrating is the mismanager. And the guy in charge is still here. Yeah, the mismanager is still here. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this all season. All season, we talked about the fact that this. This season was all about organizational failure. You watched a team fail in almost every aspect of the game. You see, you saw it fail in how it was built. You saw it fail in how it and how the players played on the field. You saw it fail in how the players were coached. Now in the offseason, coach is gone. Quarterback is gone. Uh as of Friday, the latest news is Deshaun Jackson's gone. Not mm-hmm. really a factor, you know, really hasn't Deshaun, been a factor. 
it, it looks like Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Malik Jackson are all all going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So there's going and there's I, going I to heard be changes. Report as well that if Ertz isn't traded, he's expected to ask for his releases soon as well. Mm-hmm. So to me, what's frustrating about this is, I feel like Howie Roseman frustrates me. I don't know any other way to put it. The job that he has done. Since the, since the Super Bowl win, I ha, you know of course I'm going to give him credit for how he was able to build that team and bounce back and win that was a Super well Bowl. constructed. That team was a well constructed team, but this team has gotten progressively worse since then. Mm-hmm. It's gotten worse in the contracts that he signed. It got worse in the players that he drafted. It got worse in. The, the personnel that he brought in to coach the players that he drafted and the players that he signed. Mm-hmm. And to me, I feel like if the Eagles seem to be to have their feet firmly planted in the ground, their feet are in the sand where it comes to where it comes to Howie Roseman. Like this is their guy. No, you know, we're going to make some moves, but this guy's not moving. He's not going anywhere. And to me, I'm like, I just, I, at this point, I want the moves that they made this season, this offseason, to be a referendum on Howie Roseman. Like, okay, you made, the, you know, the team struck, you had a playoff team for the last three seasons. They won the Super Bowl. They lost in the division. Then they lost in the divisional round. Then they lost in the wild card. Then they didn't make the playoffs at all. Now you have a team that didn't make the playoffs. Now you're ready to rebuild. Now we are going to see- we're giving you an opportunity to rebuild. And I want this. I want this offseason to be a referendum on Howie Roseman. And what frustrate what frustrates me is the fact that I don't think it's going to be. Well, I don't think no, – I'll go the other way because I don't think it ha- there's any choice but for it to all be on Howie Roseman at this point. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, you're looking at his third coach in the last several years. Mm-hmm. Pro- how many quarterbacks? Bradford, Wentz, Hurts. We're hearing talk that they're going to be looking maybe into a veteran quarterback or drafting one this year. So you can't keep going through that many changes and you be the one constant without it eventually coming to the. If you're the only constant and you're responsible for all the other things that we've tried to change going on, the problem is you. And I think that's what frustrates me. It's like because a process of elimination. That, that's, and we're, we're at a point where there's no there's nothing, yeah. no element left to eliminate but Howie Roseman at this but, point. But that's what frustrates me because you're absolutely right, and I don't believe that that's going to change. I'm saying what I'm saying is I, I hear you in your desire to go the other way, and mm-hmm. I'm saying what so you, I just say we're at a point where we where you where unless Mister Laurie is loyal to a point of foolishness 
Yes. Yes. Unless he's unless he's loyal to that point. Yes. Where that, that, he's willing I, I think, to yes. ignore all logic and objectivity yeah. and yes. just yes. be blindly loyal. Yes. <laughs> then we're at a point where he has to accept that the general manager who's overseeing all the other elements that repeatedly have to be changed. I I I feel like look at what look at what has been happening. I think that that I I think that that's exactly you when you look at the steps that this team took to acquire Carson Wentz. Mhm. To then back Carson Wentz financially to say, hey, you know, we're making the moves because we believe that this is our franchise quarterback. This is the guy who and they, can lead. And they gave him the extension yes. two years before they had to. Yes. I'm saying. Remember that as well. Yes. Yes. After the injury, yes. he comes back. They haven't really got the chance to see if he's going to be fully back to who they think he can be. They give him the extension anyway. Yes. Exactly. And to me, I feel like that, that, the fact that this soon after they make that move, they are willing to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. To me, that is the blind loyalty that you're talking about. That is the blind loyalty that you're talking about because it's like, okay, this was the guy, and it wasn't that long ago. We're not talking about Donovan McNabb at the end. We're not talking about a 30-plus-year-old Donovan McNabb when it was time to move on from him, when it's like, okay, we've gotten as far as we can go with Donovan. You know, it's it's time. This, this his isn't... extension is just about to kick in. He just played his fifth year of his, his rookie contract, mm-hmm. four years plus the plus fifth the year op- extension, yeah. the fifth-year option. That's what he just completed, so – we're look. He got paid at the end of his third year, going into his fourth year, so two years ago. Because yeah, they paid him two years early. Yes. In those two years, where they could have been in wait and see mode, had control of him, wouldn't have been a fr- even a franchise situation. If they had waited post injury to see if he returned to form this would have been a much easier situation to walk away from, but they didn't even do that. I I feel like. So I'm wondering at what point did it just go from he's the guy to there's no way we can salvage this. Let's take whatever we can get and run. How'd that happen in two seasons? How'd that happen in two seasons and the person that oversaw that still has a job? To me, that's the blind loyalty that I'm talking about, where it's like, okay, this has gotten as bad as you can get for a team that won a Super Bowl three seasons ago. And it's not like, and and the difference is, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like this is a, this was just such a veteran heavy team at the end of its run getting that one last shot of glory. Like, yes, there were a lot of veterans on that team three years ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Ertz was 
entering his prime. Or or Ertz was either entering his Ertz prime was or was his prime. three years or, ago he yeah. was twenty seven years old. He's thirty now. Is he thirty now? Okay, mm-hmm. Ertz Ertz is in his Ertz prime. Ertz is in his prime. Ertz is in his ago. Ertz is in his prime. Selleck was at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. He had Car- Trey Burton three years. Yeah, ago. Trey Burton. Ah, forgot. Wow, how can I forget the guy who made the pass at uh, the Philly special? My bad, Trey mm-hmm. Burton. It's all right. When they get rid of Wentz, they'll bring. You when had they- Torrey Smith, who was older but still mm-hmm. had a, a, a that last little bit of gas yeah. left in the tank. You you had you had veterans, but you still had you you had your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you still had Lane Johnson's a little bit younger. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Jason Peters was long in the tooth, but at that point, you know, it it was you had a you had a mixture. And it's like, Brooks had not repeatedly destroyed his Achilles at that point. But no, it, you, you still had Big V to replay in play mm-hmm. in place of mm-hmm. Jason Peters. You still, but the, the point that I the point that I am making is. Kelsey wasn't sh- quite as long as the two. It should not have fallen apart. Th- it should not have fallen this far, this fast. From the point it where it does, if you just sit, th- sit pat, thinking, okay, I put this roster together that won a Super Bowl in seventeen, we're good. If you think, but we're, but the guy we've, we've arrived now. If but you, if you think that, yeah, it'll fall but, apart real fast. But the guy who thought that still has a job, and he's now run everybody else out. Mm-hmm. Quarterback might not have thought that. Coach might not but, have thought that. They're both gone. But see, here's the thing: the fact that you just said it—that he has run everybody else out now—is why I say we're finally at a place where you have to look at him. There's nobody else left that you can blame but Howie Roseman. And guess what? We as fans, you and I, Jonesy and Brown, because in the end we won't we won't be in the press box. They ain't give they ain't giving us passes. Cause we you won't, never know. They might. They ain't giving us passes. Let me tell you something. That we'll have no stories done, no podcasts recorded, no interviews done, but every last stitch of food that's in that press box will be gone. Every last stitch of food will be gone. All the drinks will be gone. All that whole that whole don't cheer in the press box thing. Yeah, the hell with that. So we'll be leaving Brown home. It'll be Josie in the. It'll be Josie. No, no, no. You, you know, we be sitting up there. People be looking at us. You know, Ruben Frank ice grilling us. Les Bowen want to take a swing at it. Well. Take a swing at me, because you'll probably want to sit on the other side. But like I don't know him. Supposed Sounds to, about right. Supposed to be my homie though, but it's all right though. <laughs> we supposed to be fam, but you know it's all good. But but nonetheless, I, I guess the the point is, you know, I I hear what you're saying, and I understand what it should be. Like mm-hmm. this should be this should be Howie on the hot seat, but I don't feel like he is, and that's what frustrates me. I don't feel I I absolutely agree with you that he should be. Yeah, I just feel like it's gone so to far enough to we're at a point mm-hmm. where there's no choice but for his seat to be hot. It it shouldn't be, but I think 
the fact that we have gotten to this point, like the fact that we have gotten to this point should be proof enough that Howie shouldn't be here. The case as to why they needed to clean house. This was last season was an organizational failure. I don't trust Howie Roseman with the number six pick in the draft. I don't. I don't trust number Howie. six is harder to mess up than sixteen. You're absolutely right. You're I'm ab- not saying I trust him. He he has done nothing to earn anyone's trust in mm-hmm. anything. Yes, but. I just think six is harder to mess up than 16. Once again, this is not where we disagree. This is not where we disagree. He shouldn't have. It, it shouldn't be as hard of a decision. It shouldn't be. This shouldn't be what, something he screws up. But something tell, But if there's some, if there's a general manager who will screw this up, it will be Howie Roseman. If you want to see a Jonesy and Brown podcast where we sit here and rip a number six pick in the draft, that draft pick might be made by Howie Roseman. Because right now, I feel like this fan base is a mess. This fan base is a mess. And and for me, like this... This is like this is I'm having straight old man moments now. <laughs> old man moments because I feel like I'm watching things happen now. Like like you and I we're both on Twitter. I I engage with Eagles Twitter a little bit more than you do. I enjoy having peace in my life. I I hate peace. I got four kids, so I, I don't know what peace looks like. I'm married with four kids. I haven't seen peace in close to 20 years. As an Eagles fan, I haven't seen peace ever. But the 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 fact of the matter is, it's like I'm watching. I, I feel like now, I've, I've probably been on Twitter close to 10 years now. And I'm watching people come full circle people who I've been friends with, people who I've interacted with for a long time, finally see that some of this stuff never changes. Especially with this fan base. And it's like, look, it is what it is. This is what we signed up for. You know, it's like, I I, I always find it hilarious when an, when a Philly fan tries to tell me that Philly fans aren't fickle. Like, they'll get a fan. Like, oh, you're dissing the fan base. How can you say? Like, bro, I say it because I'm 44 years old. And I've watched it. I say, hey, the most popular player in this city will always be the backup quarterback. That's true. You know, and and here's the thing. I mean, unless your quarterback threw five touchdowns that day, the backup, he's the hero. The backup will always be first of all, and there are fans, there are fans in this there are fans in this city where if you're if your quarterback throws five touchdowns, there will be at least a hundred Eagles fans will say the backup could have thrown six. And you I can't and, even argue that. And you, you can't argue that. And you're seeing it now. Carson Wentz is gone. Carson Wentz is a cult. Carson Wentz ain't our problem anymore. Guess what? There are already people cheering for whoever they draft to replace Hurts. 
Dur, and and the fa- and you sitting there and you're laughing because you Not know who it. They draft to replace Wits. Who they draft to replace Hurts? Yes, so we've already moved on. We've already God, moved, moved on, on to. On we've already moved on to who can we get to replace Jalen Hurts? There's he a, doesn't even get a fair shot as a starter. No. And the thing is, it's like, I've been critical of Hurts. We've both been critical of Hurts. I say at bet, at, but I also admit that I don't know if we have seen enough of him to say that he can't play. He can't be nah, a player. It's it's a solid, I just don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and I haven't I haven't seen enough to say yeah he is a player he's a stud, but I haven't seen enough to say he can't play either. It's just like okay I've seen some things he can do some see, things, but see, he didn't do some things. Seen some things yeah. I like. Seen some things I like. Seen he some things some I didn't real like. Good first halves he had some real bad second halves, mm-hmm. but Carson had some real bad sec- first halves and some real good second halves. Yeah. So. Bottom line is, bottom line is, you know, you look at that, you look at that Eagles season as a whole. Jalen Hurts in four games got you the same results Carson Wentz would have gotten you differently. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, you know, Jalen Hurts didn't do anything that Carson Wentz couldn't have done just differently. You know, you look at the. I agree. The, the bottom line, I think people were swayed by the fact that they jumped out on the Saints early. They came in that first start was the Saints. The Saints were the hottest, one of the hottest teams in the league, and Jalen Hurts had their quarterback out. Had their quarterback out, but okay. but nonetheless, you once again you out here getting hung up on nuance and context and caveats and qualifiers. You know stuff called facts. Stuff called facts. No, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> nonetheless, but but nonetheless, fans saw that fans. Fans jumped at the fact that they saw the fact that they jumped out to a big lead on the Saints early in the first half. Mm-hmm. Whoa, we got our guy. I don't need to see anymore. Bye, Carson. It's time. You know, it's time for the hurt. It, it, we in the hurts business now. It's time for Jay. It's Jalen time. Mm, what did you, the second half of that game look like? You, you know damn well what the second half of that game looked like. Just ask him. You, you, you know darn well. You 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 know exact and you know what happened in the weeks following that. What was that game? Uh, was that the last game of the season? Where was it? Like like Jalen's very first pass was that big long bomb to uh, Deshaun Jackson. To Deshaun Jackson, he played. He had that big long. Oh yeah, he did have that one play. He had that one play, and then he sat for the rest of the game. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, exactly. But people saw that, oh, my God, we got our deep threat. Oh, how come Carson never did that all season? Oh, bye, Carson. Peace. See you later. Don't let the doorknob hit you in the behind and on your way out. We got our guy. Funny thing is, actually, anytime Deshaun actually played with Carson, they showed great chemistry. Yeah. 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 He just but- never – he played one – he played, played one full game mm-hmm. in his two seasons mm-hmm. with – Returned to Philly. Yeah, one full game. One, two years, one game. That's what we got. All that money. He, he appeared in eight games. Played, played one full. Played one, but none. But the point that I am making is that we don't know what we, we don't know what we have. As much as I hate that cliche, 
I hate that saying in football. We have no clue. Yeah, but the truth is, we have no clue what we have, and there are it's, already it's people. A kid who was a second round pick, went to some big time schools, won some games, but also got benched because he had some flaws. Mm-hmm. So, and there's nothing in there's there was nothing in what he did as a a pro player in the four games in the four game sample size that we have that those flaws that got him benched in college have been corrected. The fact of the matter is we sit here and we say, you know, anybody who watches, who actually watched the Philadelphia Eagles play, Carson Wentz was at his best when he was coached. Mm-hmm. When he, when there were people working on his mechanics, when there were people trying to get him to address his flaws. So if you're saying you're bringing in, a, you have a flawed quarterback, and are what is it about this coaching staff and the player personnel that this general manager can uh, can uh, can bring in that says, "Hey, you know what? Hey, you know they can they can address this." What do you you know? Are you going to put players around him that are that weapons around him that can protect him? Let's see, JB, I'm looking at the clock, mm-hmm. and we're probably going to have to call it a day soon. All right, that's fine but, with me. That's fine with me. I hear you, and the thing is, the heart of the problem is where we started, we're going to keep circling back, so I don't trust Howie to get it right. Exactly. Real, my, I don't. No shout matter what the situation is. Shout out to my man, Sonny. And I want to put this out here as, as we begin to wrap up. Point that he said, he says, I'm glad Carson is gone. We need to start fresh. I don't necessarily disagree with that. The fact of the matter is I don't trust the person we're start the person in charge of starting fresh. And I, and I think to your point, uh, to agree with you, that mm-hmm. that would be the thing that would make me feel better would have mm-hmm. been if before Doug got fired, before Carson got traded, would have been that the guy who was pulling the trigger on these bad decisions the last few years, mm-hmm. if Howie move Howie Roseman would have been impeached and removed from office. <laughs> if that if that would have gone down, then I'd feel better about the reset mm-hmm. and it being in different hands. But mm-hmm. As long as it's the same guy making the decisions, I don't know why I should spe- expect the same guy to do differently than his track record has shown. I, 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 to me, I feel like I agree. The fact that how the fact that Howie is still here puts a, an asterisk on this whole on my expectations for this offseason. I feel like he's putting himself in a situation where he has to hit some home runs. And, and you're you this is the the back half of your lineup. You're looking at your number eight your, your number seven and your number eight hitter and you need some clutch hits. And you're mm-hmm. looking at and this is somebody who doesn't hit for power, hasn't hit the long ball in a long time, and you need home runs. But these are guys that bat two forty eight with seven home runs over the season. Exactly. The problem is, like, you look – I need – who was the last home run that Howie 
Roseman drafted. Last home run probably was Carson Wentz. And you're right, but in retrospect, considering the entirety of that situation, that's that's more like a triple off the wall than a home run. It was an inside-the-park home run off three errors. You got the Super Bowl, Mm. but immediately thereafter, it it all went It all went – exactly, exactly. It's like – I don't trust this dude, and that's the problem. You know, it's like that. Like this is this is. This, I can't feel comfortable. This has probably been. It. it I, will, I will put it to you like this, and, and because I I know we're up against it, but I want I want to kind of put this out there. I I want to circle back to your arch enemy coach. I want to circle back to him. Because I feel like even when he made his most head-scratching moves, I felt like even then I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see if, you know, let's see if trading Shady McCoy was a good idea. Sounds crazy. Doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. All right, let's let's see what happens here. You think this team is better? You think this locker room will be better off without Deshaun Jackson? You think just releasing him and not getting any compensation for him, letting him just go down, right down I-95 to a division opponent? Is Where he proceeded to score two touchdowns, two touchdowns a game every time he plays you. Mm-hmm. You, you. Well, look that once again. I said let's wait and see. We waited. We saw it was a failure. But but what I'm saying is, before we got to those games, I was more than I was willing to give that guy, out of respect for you, I'm not going to say his name. I was willing to give that guy the benefit of the doubt. I am saying now you were. Yeah, you know I wasn't. No, you're you're right, and 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 just like any other time when we've done a show, I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong. I was dead wrong. I wanted to give. Well, you know, I, I will say this. You know, I was wrong to give him the benefit of the yeah, doubt. I'm not saying I agree with the. Don't need to say anything else. You said you were wrong. We could end the show there. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> Whatever, man. It has been great, and. <laughs> Look, there, there's more to debate where this is concerned. But nonetheless, we want to know what you think of this show. So hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports or Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Jonesy and Brown. You know, three words Jonesy and Brown. He's Jonesy. I'm Brown. This has been the Jonesy and Brown Show. Thank you for checking us out. We will talk to you whenever we feel like talking to you. We ain't on no schedule. Can't nobody tell us when to do a show. We'll do it when it's we feel like it. It's our show. We do it when we feel like it. And you'll watch it or you'll listen to it and you'll like it. Because we're Jonesy and Brown. Peace, y'all. We'll talk to you later. We'll talk to you guys later. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. Brown.